This is Take Flights with Mark Whittle. Welcome to Take Flight. I'm Mark Whittle, former city worker turned performance coach. And this is your place for inspiration and education on ways to optimize your performance and find your purpose. On the sofa tonight is Zoe Hardman. There she is! And it's a bit of a pinch me moment in my career. I get goosebumps thinking about it. You know, this is a dream job that I've wanted to do since I was a little girl. Good morning. It is just after six o'clock here on Heart. And it was the most painful work moment of my life. I've never spoken about this. I sort of locked it away. What feels like something that was really big for you? You know, that inner child that we mm. are so frightened of and we run away from that we never want to go back to for whatever reason. You know, our kids are our biggest teachers because they're, they're living it. My mental health is quite up and down. Sometimes I experience extreme happiness and then sometimes I experience extreme lows but that's my character. I have done so much work on myself. I am able to cope with things on a day-to-day -day basis so much better than I was before. Cabin crew passengers prepare for takeoff. Zoe welcome to the Take Flight podcast. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for coming this is amazing. My wife I have to say this first her, she said that you saved her after her pregnancy yeah. Because of the, the podcast, she listened to it like yeah. religiously and just got so much from it. And it was a particularly like difficult time. Yeah. So yeah, I started saying thank you for that. Well, that's lovely to hear because that was that's our whole main focus mm. of starting the podcast and starting Made by Mamas was to help parents yeah. because I did not know what I was getting myself into when I became a mother. I thought it was going to be you know little house on the prairie, and it would just be all sunshine and flowers, and it just wasn't. So yeah. it was a real baptism of fire at the beginning, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And I thought, if I'm feeling like this, there must be so many other parents feeling the same. Yeah. That's why we started the conversation. So mm. tell your wife thanks for listening. Yeah. And how <laughs> how did it start then? The, the actual podcast. So the podcast started with a very random meeting with Georgia, who is my partner on the podcast, mm. and I was. Basically, cut long story short, I fell in love with a really handsome rugby player <laughs> who you'll be yeah. pleased to know I'm still married to, which is yeah. great. And when I met him, he was a bit swazzy. He was playing at Quinn's and I was like, oh, I've got myself a rugby player. He plays at Quinn's. This is great. And then after about three months, he said, dropped into conversation that he'd signed to Gloucester. And I was like, oh, Gloucester. Is that near London? Where's that? And he was like, it's not near London. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit, how's this going to work? Because I live in London. My whole life is in London. Anyway, cut long story short, flash forward a year, I was pregnant. Oh, we were doing long distance and mm. I had to basically up sticks and move to Cheltenham, green wellies and like the park. Yeah. I was thinking, what the hell am I going to do? And I went to a coffee shop for some breakfast one day and there was this really sweet looking blonde girl on the next door table who was also pregnant. And as I walked past her, she smiled at me, but it was kind of like a, mm, I don't really feel that comfortable smile. And I said, are you all right? And she said, oh, actually, not really. I've been dragged <laughs> to Cheltenham. My husband plays football for Cheltenham. No way. I'm from London. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> and we swapped numbers. That's crazy. We ended up living on the same road. What? So it was kind of real universe stuff that brought us together. Oh. And then we had our kids two weeks apart. We spent the entire first six months walking around the park, going to the gym together, like doing the Google searches in the middle of the night together, mm. figuring out that we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And we thought, hang on a minute, wouldn't it be great if there was a safe space for parents to come, share all of this stuff and be in one big club together with no judgment and a lot of love? And that's hmm. why we started Mobile Mummers. Amazing. Amazing. Cool, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I often think what life would be like without her. Yeah. 
she's a very special person. She's a bit yin to my yang. She's like, I cry all the time. She never cries. <laughs> you need that, though, don't you? <laughs> exactly. You need that big time. <laughs> yeah. The, the safety blanket. Yeah, she's brilliant. <laughs> I remember those uh, late-night Googles well. Like, I mean, I didn't do them, but I'd roll over and I'd see the glow on my wife's face of the, the Googles, like, try to figure out how to keep a baby alive. Uh, genuinely, that was one of the first things I think I, <laughs> yeah. I um, Googled. Also... Uh, like I remember googling postnatal depression and mm. you know tears and post post traumatic stress from yeah. birth and all these kind of big things that were coming up that weren't ever really spoken about. Yeah. Um, I just did not have a clue how to parent, and I still think some days, you know, at the end of doing the job that I know how to do, which is broadcasting, yeah. I get home and then there's the biggest job in the world to do, and I'm tearing my hair about or out about it. You know, so it, it is a roller coaster of a ride. Mm. Like, do you enjoy being a dad? I love it. Yeah. I've grown to love it. She's only two, but I, the first year I was just jarred out of my reality of who I thought I was. Mm. My identity has completely yeah. been ripped apart. We were both super independent. We, we had our own lives, like me and my wife, mm. and we'd like come together and it worked really well. We had our own friendship groups and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was just so different. We moved out of London. Lockdown happened six weeks later. So we're in a new town that we didn't know. And then we became parents with like zero support. Yeah. And that's kind of unfair because our families were great, but there was only so much they could do. They couldn't come to the house. Sure. They couldn't do anything really. So uh, it was pretty rough, to be honest. It's really rough and you're mm. figuring it out together, but you're also trying to keep your own relationship going. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. All the things that we used to do, just him and me or you and her, yeah. that's just gone now. Mm. And you can't see the light. And yes, you're enjoying you know, all of those incredible moments of falling in love with your baby and bonding and everything mm. else that they tell you. But actually, you are grieving a life that you are now no longer living. Mm -hmm. And it takes, I think, in my experience, quite a long time to come out the other side and accept your new life. Yeah. Your new life is amazing. Yeah. But the old life, I was like desperately trying to hang on to. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I also think parenting sets you up to fail. Even the language in the parenting books, like there are five definite cries that your baby will do. And you will know all of those cries. Mm. And I was thinking, I don't fucking know what that cry means. Like, mm. are you hungry? Have you done a poo? What? You know? Yeah. And I thought, I'm failing because I don't know my yeah. baby's cry. Mm. So from the word go, it feels like a bit of a set you up to fail situation. Yeah. I did a talk at a festival. Do you know Ollie Ollerton? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Like, I love Ollie. Yeah. And we did this little festival over in Sussex a couple of weeks ago. And as, as people do who listen to the talk, they come and like, ask you questions and stuff afterwards. And I'll do like my little 30 seconds of Gary V coaching, like, little, go do this. Or, you know, the little quippy little things. But there's this one woman and she was just like, it was a weird question. I guess she was trying to understand in her mind why I was with Ollie. She was like, so what's the most extreme thing you've ever done then? And I was like, oh, fucking hell, on the spot. All right. And then I like allowed myself to think about it for like 10 seconds. Mm. And I said, becoming a dad. Easy. Great answer. Easily the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. But yeah, now it's amazing. And then, ah, oh, do you know what? Even this morning, like dropping her off at nursery and she screams now because she's so aware of the yeah. fact that she's going there and I'm leaving. And it's like, oh. She also doesn't know when you're coming back because they have no. no concept of time. So when you leave them at nursery, they're like, am I going to see dad again? Yeah. You know, that's where their head goes. They're also very good at doing that. The nursery, did the nursery call you afterwards and go, she's absolutely fine, she was fine a couple of minutes after you left. Yeah, I'm right. like, are they just saying this yeah. or is she still just, like screaming <laughs> in the corner? I know. You never know, do you? No. You've got to trust people you don't even know. Like, we didn't even get to see the nursery like, before she went in because of lockdown. They didn't even let us go in and see it. So yeah. you just got to, like, trust people. Of course you have. I remember, I look back on this now and I think, oh, my God, what was I doing? We, we had a situation where we didn't have any childcare 
And it was it was one of those things where I just kept ignoring, kept ignoring, kept ignoring, thinking someone will just walk in. Mary Poppins or Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> will just come in and be like, don't worry, dear, I'll sort this. <laughs> so that didn't happen. So we, we got this lady, bless her. She was from Brazil. She didn't really speak very much English. In fact, she spoke no English at all. She arrived. I'd already employed her. I'd had one sort of conversation with her over the phone. I was like, yeah, you sound lovely. You love kids. Great. Brilliant. Anyway, I just left her with Luna. Like, obviously, she was safe. She was at home. You know, I was fine. Like, she'd been recommended by a friend. So, fine, fine, fine. Anyway, I came back. Um, Luna was crying in the chair, in the high chair. She was feeding her, trying to, like, force feed her cold fish fingers, which weren't cooked in the middle. Oh. And Luna was screaming. And I was thinking, oh, no, like, this has gone so... You know, it was just a bad... There was food everywhere. It was just a really bad situation. I was like thank you, but I don't think this is going to work. Thanks for it. And then immediately you just get a gut reaction, you know, don't you, that you've got to mm. get that person away from. But, it, it, but you, you have to trust because if you don't trust, who else are you going to let look after your kid? Yeah. That was a, I won't do that again. I'd be doing more checks, I think. Yeah, yeah. Do more <laughs> can checks. they cook fish fingers is the first one. <laughs> and speak English. <laughs> and can they speak English? Yeah, exactly. That sounds so close to like your own family guy. Yes, you're, you're, yes. You're like the, the <laughs> just like, no. <laughs> it's exactly that. Yeah. What happens if there's an emergency? Nine, nine, nine. What? I'm like, oh, God, no. Anyway, I've got to go to work. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like a bad mother, don't I? But, oh. No. I mean, what something I wanted to ask you is that like, you appear to be like, super happy is that accurate yes yeah what makes me happy is my work my work makes me so fulfilled and it's not just happy it's like a long-term 20 years feeling of mm. fulfillment that I've always strived to kind of feel and it has been highs lows everything in between but it's given me so much satisfaction and I think at the moment I'm doing the big show at heart I'm mm. sitting in for Amanda she's away for the summer and it's a bit of a pinch me moment in my career so I'm like every single day I'm getting up I'm thinking I get goosebumps thinking about it you know this is a dream job that I've wanted to do since I was a little girl and it's happening um but I try not to let the sadness come in because I know that I've only got seven shows left mm. and then Amanda takes back over so yeah. I just try and stay very focused on that so work gives me a lot of fulfillment seven shows left at this chapter at this in this chapter and then hopefully there'll be more of it mm. my kids and my life at home make me really happy. That is something that I always focus on because it gives me a lot of, I guess, achievement again. But just there's this a real childlike energy at home where we're always dancing and laughing and playing and it's fun and it's messy and it's wild. And I mm. want them to be out. We're really outdoorsy. So that's really great. I struggle with or have historically struggled with and still sometimes do a feeling of sadness around my mental health is quite up and down. Sometimes I experience extreme happiness and then sometimes I experience extreme lows. But that's my character. I'm a Scorpio and I'm not frightened of my lows. My lows have been really low with, you know, various pillars that have been knocked down in my life. And my menopause or going into early menopause has been a big sadness for me. It sent me into flux with how I feel about myself and my level of worth and what how people will see me how my husband will see me what my kids will think when they look at me if they see me crying so that's been a big real kind of shake in my life recently that I've had to deal with so I'm not frightened of my my lows but the highs don't come without the flip side of that coin mm. if that makes sense yeah like, yeah it resonates so much does it I'm, I'm a Scorpio I'm yeah roller coaster yeah but then sometimes, because like my perception of you is like super happy all the time, and it's because we see that, don't we? Yeah. But that's because like our work is out there. That's the times that we're feeling very purposeful, very driven, yes, very present, 
and then we we allow ourselves to have those lower moments mm. and then it's like you know my wife has to put up with that stuff or your family has to see it but yeah. i also think that's so important when you're saying that i'm like your kids need to see you cry mm. need to know that's all right to feel like that mm. it's okay to like be nurtured like you know if your husband gives you a cuddle oh it's going to be all right like your kids see that it's like, that's the way to behave that's the way to mm-hmm. you know allow yourself to feel different emotions and stuff that's why i'm 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 because i'm a coach i'm a super over analyzer of everything i'm like yeah. oh my god she just saw me on my phone like so now she's going to be addicted to her phone oh my god, <laughs> a big thinker a deep thinker about yeah. stuff like that yeah i feel the same but i i often say to myself how can we ever give our kids a real perspective on life and a real good kind of equal starting point on what happens in their life if we don't show them the laughter but Mm. also the tears you know i i'm not suggesting that sobbing uncontrollably in front of your kids and frightening them is the right way to Mm. go but something happened recently in the family and it affected me really badly and i remember walking into various different rooms to get away from them so i could cry and then luna came in and she's like a bumblebee she just finds me wherever i am and then she's got this incredible emotional eq where she just allows me to be vulnerable with her and then she just says i'm just gonna hug you until you stop crying so we had this really beautiful moment where we shared these tears together and she didn't really know why i was crying but she really felt it but we finished on a real high saying i said to her you know mummy needs to be able to share these and these tears and you never be frightened to cry and tell the person you love you love. you know we went through all mm. the things that made her feel okay at the end of it so it's a really beautiful moment it makes me feel quite emotional thinking yeah. about it but i'm glad i showed that to her yeah, I can feel that. Just yeah. Saying, how old is she? She's only five. <laughs> but she's the moon, so she's just like this powerful little thing which mm. gets everything. But I see, see that in like my daughter. That's why we call her Lyra, because it's the star comes yes. from like, the energy of that. But, you know, they're so intelligent and emotionally intelligent they? and like aware and everything at, at such a young age. Yeah, because they're closer to source. Like they've just <laughs> been born. They're yeah. like, we're so far away from that now. So we've lost touch or connection with whatever that higher power thing is but do you feel that way about the way that you live your life with your wife and and daughter because i would say that if you're so aware of it you know bringing that that child energy back Mm. you know that inner child that we Mm. are so frightened of and we run away from that we never want to go back to for whatever reason you know our kids are our biggest teachers because they're they're living it Mm -hmm. they are that little child they don't really have any inhibition so inevitably your partner ends up being someone who has similar coping mechanisms to you right right so a lot of the time i feel like my wife and i we have a similar sort of retreat pattern. So if it's if things are getting difficult, whereas bringing our baby into the world has forced me definitely, and I know it's same with her, to look at things that we didn't want to before. So, for example, in the past, if something big came up, you might r- both of you r- retreat, get I, defensive. Yeah, run. I go into kind of like fuck the world, I'll prove you wrong. Right. Pattern. She goes into I'll put the world on my back and look after everything kind of like okay the carer own. she's the empath yeah okay yeah that's interesting but but both of those although they're from a different place it's the same action from the outside in you know that makes total sense yeah. but now you've got lyra you have to stay and deal oh god yeah it's like yeah. Gun, gun to the head kind yeah. of like i can't make her feel like how i feel yeah we're coming out the other side now me and my husband does because we are you know our kids are out of nappies mm. and little ones going to school in september the last one so that the youngest boy kit the only boy and now we're really focusing on our relationship again yeah and really pulling it apart and building it back up and trying to communicate in a better way because i just think when you're in that we've got three kids remember obviously my eldest is my stepdaughter so i I, it didn't birth her but i've known her since she was 
18 months old. You're just in a state of chaos, I think, as a couple. There are the downtimes, but the downtimes are normally knackered. For us, it was a pattern of either falling into bed at 8 o'clock at night or going absolutely wild, staying up all night, boozing, partying, having a great time, and then having to deal with the kids the next day and being like, oh, God. So actually, it was like, does that any of that resonate with yeah, you? Yeah. I think a lot of people listening will probably hit hit oh, the mark like, on that as well. It's funny because I was telling you about this the day that I did yesterday. It was like a day and a yeah. half intensive coaching stuff for my, me to identify my values. Mm. And I'm one, like part of it was sort of you get to the end and you get your commitments of what you want to do and how you're going to make that change in your life, basically, mm. with the new awareness and the new understanding. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I was like, right, it was between now and Christmas. It's like one night away with the missus. And he was like, <laughs> one night in <laughs> six months. I was like... Two nights? <laughs> it's like, realistically... Four nights? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I have to get like grandma to come and stay. And then, I know. Like, you know. And then we want to go to London and get a hotel. It's like, yeah. realistically, in six months, like, once? Yeah. It's like, so hard. Yeah, and then you should be, what you should be doing as a couple is going to a spa hotel, yeah. get the deep tissue massages, mm. wear the free slippers. Yeah, well, you know. we did that. We went to the Ned. Yeah. This was like, the first time we went away, it was in, in a year. Right. We went to the Ned in... Uh, yeah. bang lovely fancy it was lovely it was far t- we should it was too much for <laughs> we should, yeah. it was a lot of money for like 24 hours but then we both had a cold <laughs> Lyra got brought us a cold back from there sorry oh, so brilliant. I was like up all night the cold just like I had golf on the TV just like this is brilliant I'm paying 650 pounds <laughs> yeah. for this room for the golf channel <laughs> <laughs> no I know I know I know it's, it's hard to get the balance right mm. but I think and also, I don't know if you found this, you're quite in the mix because obviously Lara's only two, but mm. as they start to get a little bit older and they start to need you less, I mean, Kit's, he's only four, so he's still, you know, they all still need, need me, but it's a different kind of need. They yeah. pick and choose it. At that point, you can then start looking at your relationship again, I think. Mm. We're in a position where we've got a bit more time now. And yeah. that is a really important one for me to get right because growing up, you know, my parents were seemingly very in love with each other. And, you know, I had the most amazing upbringing. I watched two people with intense chemistry and there was a lot of love in the house, a lot of laughter. And, you know, it was funny because when my dad died, my dad died nine years ago yesterday, actually, I thought my mum would be in absolute pieces and, you know, spend a lot of time grieving for him. And she was literally like, what? it's my time to shine and like had a new boyfriend very quickly and did all these things and I was suddenly like hang on a minute you just spent 35 years of your life and she was like yeah but you know there's certain things you don't know about relationships and stuff and she was just like your father and I drifted and I guess what I'm saying is is that they maybe didn't spend enough time really putting back in because they were so focused on us that you know the communication starts to break down you may end up staying together but actually your your poles apart your connection's your, your connection's gone yeah yeah. yeah. So I don't want to lose that connection with him. Mm. I want to focus on that. Amazing. It's the biggest takeaway from my day and a half was that. From yesterday. To get my connection back with my wife. Yeah. 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 So why do you think you've lost it? Because of maybe. Um, yeah. Well, I think there's yeah. lo- I think there's loads of reasons why. We've, I've been with her since we were basically 18. So wow. like, you change so much. Mm. Change every chapter, don't you? And when you've been together that long, like you're so entangled with everything. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's that. I think, yeah, like, the main thing is having Lyra. Mm. It's just, like, two years where you're kind of, like, ships in the night. Yeah. She didn't sleep for 18 months. That was brutal. God. I've heard people have had much worse, but, like, that was, I'm terrible on one night. Like, that's, that's enough, yeah. Mm. 
and then and you change so much don't you as a parent you mm. said before we started like literally changes you as a human being overnight and both of you have changed your priorities changed like yeah. the probably the best thing i saw was how like amazing she was as a mum and mm-hmm. like just general appreciation for women mm-hmm. i was like this isn't like amazing because mm. you don't you can see mums and my own mum and everything else but you don't appreciate it so you literally see what happens i know um so yeah see i just them. i think it's time like you said you know our time quality time together is watching netflix like stuck on the sofa at the end of the day because we're so tired i know and i and i say this to dolls all the time that even in the death i need there to be life mm. so even in the taking the bins out or the you know the shopping list pick up the bananas get the milk whatever it is there has to be an element of life otherwise it's just you know going through the mundaneness of it and there's no spark like I, you know it's not it's not all going to be a cabaret on a saturday night i get that but I still want to have a laugh and I still want there to be that playful energy between the two of us. Mm. I mean, it's so boring. It can be so boring. Have you picked up the kids? What time are yeah. you doing that? Have you packed the swimming costume? I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I don't want to give, I don't want to tell any more lists to yeah. any more people. Human checklist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Isn't it? I just want to be wild with my husband and have a nice time with him. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I, was, I want to throw socks at her again. That's like, that was the routine. Throw socks at her. Take my socks off at the end of the day and... That's the yeah fun yeah. Did you laugh at that? Yeah. Did she laugh at that? Mm, so it depends how hard I throw and how many. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's got this hilarious habit where he, from his rugby days, where he's you know goes in, has a shower, gets his towel, dries himself off, walks back into the bedroom with the towel, and then I watch him actively fold his towel into a perfect square <laughs> and put it on the floor. He just puts it on the fucking floor. <laughs> Like you folded it up, why don't you just put it? You could just put it on the bed. I mean, that's slightly annoying because it's wet, but you know, to put it on the floor sometimes leaves it a perfect square on the stairs. You know, I was thinking, oh no, I think this might be a breakable offence if you carry on doing this. That's what we've got to. But it didn't. It does make us giggle, and I think, yeah, going back to your socks comment, you've got to find the the funny in the definitely the mundane. Definitely. I love that. I love that. Would you say find find life in the death? Yeah. Mm. We spent a lot of time talking about kids, but I, f- I just think they're like, so this is because it's called Take Flight. Yes. It's really about the the leap of faith or pursuing the thing that you really care about. And on that journey, there's so much change. Like you do change as a person. Yeah. And I've done that from when I stopped being a footballer to when I stopped working in the city to yeah. all those things. Like you're a different person mm-hmm. and you do, like you're saying, you grieve the old version. It's still a part of you, it's still here, mm. but you do grieve that. And I think kids is the best example of that. So whether people are starting a business or about to, even just do their first 5k you're going to change things for sure but i think like just your experience as a parent and everything you've said is amazing because that can prepare people to do those or make those big decisions yeah have you got like what would you say because i know there's so many examples but like a leap of faith Mm. in your life what would you say would be i don't want to say the biggest but what stands out for you what feels like something that was really big for you it's actually quite delicate and intricate, but it was a very poignant moment for me. So I got my first TV show when I was 21 years old. I don't know if you know about playing it straight. Uh, yeah, I heard about this. You've I, heard listen, about I it. listened to, um, it was a podcast that you were on, literally on the way in this right, morning. Right, okay. Yeah. So that was my first TV show that I did. And I knew at that point I wanted to be a presenter. And that gave me a really amazing platform. Can I, I spent, sorry, but like, when did yeah. you decide you wanted to be a presenter? Because... I was about seven years old. What made you decide that? We, we we spent a lot of time in Kenya, and my dad always filmed stuff. He always had his camcorder, like the old the old yeah, school eighties yeah. camcorders. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was the eighties. 
we were sort of there weren't phones there was no instagram or anything like that so my dad would just film us like on safari and you know b- by the house and every time a camera was on me i would just be like that da, da. and i'd be like hello and then he just started filming him. he'd be like zoe or he used to call me zogerty but like, zogerty tell me where we are and i'd be like we're on safari we've just seen x y and z or we're doing this or we're doing that and it became habitual at home for dad to get the camcorder out, film me and my sister. My sister was so shy, so she'd be like, oh, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and then I would, you know, be pushing her out the way, being the little bratty younger sister that I was and taking, try to take the limelight. I don't know. And then, yeah, it just became a thing. I got so used to doing it. I loved it. I remember just getting that feeling of total, yeah, like I said to you earlier on, real joy, real mm. happiness from it, even at that age. And then my cousin was a director. She was like directing Top of the Pops and various other things. BBC mm. dramas. She got me a little role in this BBC drama called No. I've never spoken about this. Called No Bananas, which was like a war film, and I got a little speaking extra role in it, and have my hair and makeup done. And can I have a stick of rock, please, Mister? That's what I had to say. <laughs> That's great. Right, I've remember. never seen. I've never seen the tape of it. I haven't seen. seen no. Right, we're gonna dig it. We're out. gonna dig it out. <laughs> and then I did like drama camps and summer camps and. Um, yeah, I went on top of the pops. I think it, weirdly it was when Jamie Feeks, who I'm obviously co-hosting mm. with at the moment, haven't told him this either. I think it was when he was presenting it. And I was like shuffling to try and be in the back of shot, ready for All Saints to come on. Yeah. And I just loved, I just loved the mechanics of telly and live TV and how it worked. And I just felt like I'd already at that age found it. Mm. So I went and did my um, work experience at the BBC, thinking that I was going to meet all these amazing people that could, you know, at the age of fifteen. And they, I remember walking. It, I think her name was Mary. Mary, this was this was like a big reality check. I walked into this room and it was floor to ceiling files. I'm thinking, oh, why have they got me into the farm room? And she went, right, your job day one starts here, Zoe. And I went, what? She went, sort those files out. You've got to go through all of them. You've got to sort the paperwork out. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. And I did for a week. And then at the end of it, she was like, when you're ready, I'll be the person that will be, because she'd been there for like 25 years already. She was like, I'll do all the interest. She was really kind to me at the end. It was almost like a bit of a initiation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. I know, but a week of paper cuts, I wasn't into it. <laughs> then I got playing it straight, which was obviously a few years after that. And that was an amazing experience. And then I, I sort of had this, I knew where I wanted to go. My parents had left at this point, they'd gone to Kenya. So I was I was on my own in the UK, living in London. And I just have always had that drive to, I had to be solo. And I, and I, I've been solo for a long time, you know, like I'd always as a teenager, I'd just been doing my own thing, really, because they were away a lot in Africa and all that kind of stuff. And then I spent sort of 10 years, really, in and out of, of ITV, you know, doing, like, the used car road show and various other shows. And then I got, when I was about 28, I got Take Me Out, The Gossip, which was the turnover show. I remember the phone call from my agent being like, you've done it. And I'd gone through round and round of auditions. It was like a big moment for me. I said, who am I hosting with? They were like, Mark Wright. I was like, well, he's in the jungle. They were like, well, as soon as he comes out, They've had a big meeting. It's going to be him. So I was thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. It was fun. We had a really great time. Unfortunately, it didn't end very well because I don't know if you know this story, but... This episode is brought to you by Hux. Hux is a health company created to inspire you to find your daily edge. I've been trying Hux for the last few months and it's become my trusted health supplement of choice. And I love that its range of products can and for me should be used every day from wake until sleep. Hux consists of high quality potent supplements across four categories. Their superfood blend provides you with 17 superfoods, including vitamin A, B, C and D, and a hit of plant protein. The hydration tablets hydrate you quickly in unbelievably good flavors. 
nootropics support those focus periods and long-term brain health. And finally, Hux's sleep products with award-winning ingredients like Levagen to support your recovery through deeper, more restorative sleep. I've been using superfood and hydration for the last few months and have noticed a drastic improvement in sustained energy and my sleep. In fact, having met the team, tried the products and seen the vision, I decided to become an early stage investor myself and I'm so excited to be a part of this journey. You'll be seeing loads more from Hux and I can't wait to see and hear from people being supported by the products. To get involved, visit huxhealth.com or at huxhealth on all socials and use the code TF20 for 20% off all products, including their subscription. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy. In short, I mean, how do I say this? In short, <laughs> they dissolved the show. They dissolved me as a presenter at that time, but kept Mark. So the show was supposed to be finished. So I'd lost my job. Devastating. Dad died the same month. It was like bang, bang. You know those moments in your life. And then I find out six months later that they're bringing the show back with, without me. So Mark and a different presenter. And it was the most painful work moment of my life. I've never spoken about this. I sort of locked it away. Like, you know, if you're listening to this and you've had those moments in your career where you just think, I'm never going to recover from this. Because it was, I put my heart and soul into it and I felt devastated. It's like the boy at school that you've been in love with for the last five years choosing another girl over you that's about 20 times worse mm. and so it took me a long time to get over it I spent a long time feeling really sad about it and really confused and really it knocked me my confidence and I thought god I'm not good enough I'm not good enough for this game I can't do it they've chosen someone else over me I blame myself for everything I felt it really it was a bad couple of years post that um, at the same time, and this is where this leap of faith comes in, I'd always loved music, always, always. I spent my teenage years in Ibiza in every single nightclub, <laughs> dancing until whatever time in the morning. And I'd always loved being around DJs and having that experience of looking up at somebody and them just creating a night that will last, you know, forever inside. Mm. So I thought, oh, this is, I remember having a chat with my agent. She said, look, you're not going to do it. You're not doing any telly at the minute. It's not, you know, it's not happening for you. So what are you going to do? And I said, I know I'm going to learn how to DJ, which was a bit of a bold thing to do at the age of 31. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the kids like Avicii and, you know, the, the young guys that have been learning in their bedroom since they were 14 years old. And there's me like a 31 year old white middle class girl that's like, I'm going to get some decks and learn how to <laughs> DJ. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it was the best thing that I have ever done. And it has given me, oh my gosh, the happiness and the joy. I keep talking about happiness and joy, but it healed my grief from my dad. I mean, massively. It just it just kept me going every day. I, I got I bought myself some decks, DJing at home. I got the Head Candy radio show. I was, you know, traveling with them, doing bits and pieces. I gigged out in Ibiza. I was doing parties. I got to do the radio show every week. And it was just suddenly music was my lifeline mm. and but it was a big leap of faith because it was a crazy career change and I definitely didn't want to be one of those women that you know that like got the handbags out and was like woohoo like a wedding DJ I really wanted to do it properly yeah. you know and I and it took a long time getting getting good enough to be able to play to people I wasn't just kind of you know using a pre-mix CD um, it was really important to get it right and I did and, and then I've been doing it for the last 10 years and I I love it 
Like I'm going from here to DJ with my mate Nick. We're playing at our, we're actually playing at our best mate's wedding. <laughs> I am a wedding DJ. Oh my god, it's happened. <laughs> but yeah, it's brilliant. And music's been for the last eight years. I've been at heart music every day. You know, it's 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 amazing what it's done. Wow. Yeah. Thank. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. So. I'm so happy they're doing it with a professional as well. You've added all the context, the story, the highs, the lows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've kind of said it already, but like, yeah. so that like real low moment when yeah. you like effectively lost your job. Yeah. With what was for you at that moment, like the, the peak, right? Mm. What was that feeling? And then what did you, what what did it give you? Like, so what was the feeling that it gave initially and then what did it give you? Yeah, with what we do, we're, we are under the spotlight and we're scrutinised and people are always very quick to tell us when we're doing really, really well. People will write an article about us saying, you know, I remember reading something saying, oh, she's going to be, you know, she's going to be the next Davina and she's going to be a household name and you don't want, you don't do the dish job for that. But obviously when people are writing it, you're like, oh my gosh, I, mm. I'm going to I'm going to do it here. Like being a, being a broadcaster, there's no guarantee you'll ever get there, right? So when you do get a job that gives you that platform to go on to do other things, you think, oh, this will this will lead on to this, and then I'll get to do this, and I'll get to do all of these amazing jobs that I really want to do and, and do a job that I love more than anything in the world. I was so elated. It was just the best, the best, the best, the best. And then when it was taken away from me in that spectacular fashion, it was crushing like I had, I've obviously lost out on jobs in the past um, and you have to have very thick skin, but mm. I definitely wasn't prepared for that because I turned up week after week giving it the best that I could and um, I felt like I'd done a really great job. And so it, I knew, now looking back on it, I know that it wasn't about my talent. It was about, you know, decisions that were made internally, but it still really, really hurt me. Mm. Um, so the lows, as I said to you earlier on, I think, the worst that I've ever experienced um, and a feeling of, um, I guess I was, I was really embarrassed and ashamed as well because it was embarrassing. It was, it was, it was painful and it was, and it was hard for me to get my head around it. Did it, because it felt like a, a public failure? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you used to be the girl. Oh, mm. you used to be the girl that did that. Oh, you used to be the girl that presented that with, that was what I was. And suddenly I was the used to be girl. Mm. And I thought, no, 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 I'm still a presenter. And people would say, oh, what do you do? And I go, oh, I'm a TV presenter. And they go, well, I've never seen you on anything. Mm. And suddenly you just feel like you're invisible. Yeah. Um, and that is a really hard pill to swallow is to find your feet again. And it, as I said, it took me a, um, actually having the kids and stepping away and coming back mm. with something that I've created that I'm in control of. Because I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always known that I love business. I've always run my own books and jobs and done all that stuff obviously I've got amazing agents but you know like I've always I was always the ideas girl so to go away have the children come back with made by mamas no one else is going to tell me that I'm going to lose that job yeah. that's mine it'll always be mine amazing yeah I love that I love that it's funny how much I, I like our perception and expectations like affecting so you're mm. reading those articles and the things that are saying like you're going to be the next Davina or whatever whatever it was and suddenly the flashing lights are like this is it this is the moment right and you put all that pressure on yourself. But then it's funny, again, like the space allowed you to shift the perspective after that then. Yeah. It's like what COVID did for a lot of people. Yeah. Gap between reality, this is normal. We just trudge into work every day, even if we don't like it. Yeah. Two years off. Well, hang on a minute. This doesn't have to be what life is like. Yeah. Same for you. Like, no, I'm, I don't have to just put myself in that box. I can be a DJ, I can start a podcast, yeah. I can do whatever. I can write. I can write. Yeah, I can, yeah, it's funny that. But also the language around 
you know the, the language that was is spoken to us about the career that we choose and 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 what it is and what it isn't is sort of spoon fed to us and wouldn't it be great if we just let people be who they were and really support them and not kind of tear them build them up and tear them down is I think is there just needs to be a lot more balance in whatever we do you know that everybody's just trying their best and and it, it's not oh just because I don't recognize you it's not you're not you're not good enough or you haven't done a good enough job in your life you know let's let's start changing that narrative what's hard is that everyone is reacting to their own issues yeah so what you did for people was you did something for the ones who try and tear you down right you did something they were unprepared to do mm. so they want to see you fail and that's the majority of people who don't have the courage to actually chase their dreams you've done that mm. but it, it triggers triggers something in people triggers it? something in people where they go fuck I've just I'm not brave enough to do it. Yeah. I'm not brave enough to do it. So part of them wants to see them fail. And then when they do, then they're the in the comments or whatever it is. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And then that doesn't make them feel any better either. No, and I had this conversation the other day. Somebody was talking to me about social media, saying that, you know, every time they look at this certain person's account, it makes they want to say something negative. They'd, and I said, well, how about you try, you know, when this, this girl pops up and you feel jealous or you feel that you're not doing what she's doing, why don't you write something positive under her posts? Mm. Like try telling her that you think she's amazing or, you know, say she whatever it is that you want to write, just write a positive comment and see how. And she started doing it and she was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. So true. I would never think about writing anything negative or saying anything negative about anybody. I, there's just no way. There's, I've got no time for it in my life. Are you the same? Yeah, but because you value yeah. going after it. Yeah. You value trying. Mm. So in your system, in your makeup, it's like, why would you? Why would you ever do that? Mm. Just not part of it. No. Which is then why again we find it so difficult. Cause like, can't understand you. But it's just a mix match of those values again. We That's interesting, saying. isn't it? Yeah. Let's talk about how hard the podcast is, which we were <laughs> we were aligning on before we started. Like yeah. fucking podcasts, but they're amazing in, for so many reasons. Yeah. And then heart as well. I'd okay. love to finish on that. Yeah, yeah. So podcasts are hard, aren't they? Podcasts are hard. I don't think people realise how hard they are to to create them, but they yeah. come with like so many amazing things so i'd yeah. just love to hear your story and experience of that well, we do two a week now mm, so wow. we started in lockdown in march 2020 we not the podcast the podcast has been going since yeah. 2018 but we, we thought in lockdown we're just gonna overload with information and conversations <laughs> keep people entertained so yeah. we do two a week thinking that we would maybe do it for six months or whatever um but we've been going <laughs> two and a half years doing two a week with wow. no break no seasons breaks we just continually roll and is that both guest ones or is that you so, yeah yeah I'm yeah really... so tuesday we have always have like a famous face a well-known face and then fridays we do a q a with either an expert or just george and i hmm. um nice. and then sponsorship reads and yeah. you know we'll maybe go on someone else's podcast and so we have to do pickups ins and outs all this kind of stuff products that we love you know bits of advice i didn't realize when i got into it i thought oh i've been speaking like this for 20 years i can just it would just be easy <laughs> but it is a massive commitment mm. but wow what an amazing tool to be able to get into people's ears on a train mm. or you know in in their car or walking around the park with their prams yeah. i love but it that's why i tell you like my it literally changed my wife's life mm. in probably one of the hardest moments for her because when you create it you don't know who's on the other side mm. you don't often like when you do an event and stuff or mm. like you might get feedback every now and then in dms and stuff but like generally you kind of make it you enjoy the moment yourself yeah you don't really know what the impact is on the other side i know but it can it's huge yeah you're people were building a relationship with you that you don't know about yeah people kind of if if i ever sort of you know meet people or so they, they go oh 
thank you so much. Mm. They were like, we've been listening since the beginning. Yeah. But with podcasts, like you said, you don't know who you're chatting to. You don't yeah. know who you're, you're really yeah. touching or who you're helping. And, and same for me. That's how I consume my podcast. When I listen to podcasts, it feels like I've got a mate in the room. I, I come away from a car journey thinking that was going to be boring. And it's not. I've learned, you know, about yeah. astrophysics. Yeah. You've got to be careful. Like I do it when... Uh, if I go to an event, then it's someone who I've been listening to. Yeah. Uh, like, not to go and give them a hug and be like, hey, mate, how you doing? <laughs> how are you feeling after your illness? How do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> so personal. Yeah, it's um, great. But it's amazing, isn't it? Who, like, I hate this question when people ask me it, but I want to hear who, who's your dream who, guest. Who's, well, who's your favourite guest? Like, who, where have you come away being like, I've just learned so much about something there? That is a great question. I don't think I've ever answered that before. Well, it, weirdly, it's not anyone. It's not anybody that you'd know, mm. but we had these two girls on and they were best friends since school. They fell pregnant at the same time and then one of them lost a baby. The other one went on to have hers. The other best friend couldn't... Every time she got pregnant, she was very sadly having a miscarriage. She had six or seven miscarriages. Then she had to have one of her ovaries removed. Then they said they were going to have to take her uterus out. I mean, the worst story ever. And this went on for maybe six years. She was trying to get pregnant. Anyway, her best friend, I think her name was Emma, she just turned around to her one day and said, you've managed to keep hold of some eggs, right? We know. I will carry your baby. Oh, my God. I mean, I've got goose. She carried her best friend's baby with, you know, her best friend's um, eggs and the, her husband's sperm. And she was just the host, went through the whole pregnancy. They were all in the room together. She had a cesarean. She handed the baby over to her best friend and the three of them were there just cuddling and hugging and then Emma left the room and left them together and that's what she did for them. And I just couldn't. I was in just floods the whole <laughs> podcast. What an amazing thing to do. Like you lend your best mate your dress. Yeah. You don't have, a, you don't do, you don't hear stories like that. No. They're the real human stories that yeah. I love to hear. That's incredible. Isn't it? They're, they're the one, yeah, like put faith in humanity. Right. Oh, yeah. The one I want though is Michelle Obama. Oh yeah. She's How do on, we get Michelle Obama? Anyone listening know Michelle Obama? <laughs> I love Michelle Obama. Probably over Barack, you know. Me too. Although Barack and his playlist. Mm, I yeah. want to really dissect I'll that. You, did, did you ever listen to the um, Michelle Obama podcast with Barack? No. That's good. That's oh, worth okay. listening to. That's what I'm going to do They talked about this. the playlist on that. I bet um, they did. I can just see them like opening a bottle of Merlot and just yeah, being like yeah. putting on, I don't know, James Brown or something mm, and dancing. You'd have to do that one face to face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now tell us, so, what red wine do you drink? Yeah. Can I sleep over? <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. And I think as well, just I just want to bring it up. Yeah. We're running out of time, so I'll just like acknowledge it for you. Like you're saying you do all your edits for socials yourself. Yeah. Like you, there's a load of work that goes in behind the scenes. This is not even to do with the podcast, not even to yeah. do with radio, not even to do with any any other jobs that you do. Yeah. Like you you're a inspiration to a lot of people who are trying to achieve what they're trying to do. So just want to acknowledge that. Don't, I'm emotional today, so don't be kind to me. <laughs> me <too. laughs> Thank you, because that's a big, it's a big beast. Mm. The social side of things seems ridiculous sometimes, but then you have to, for us, we have to, you know, there are two sides to it. It's like you're talking to an audience who are really engaged and you want to be there for them, yeah. but you also have to come up with your content ideas, film everything, edit everything. I, f I feel like I'm running, I'm, jug I'm spinning 20 plates all at the same time mm. and trying to be the best mum. So it is a lot. And sometimes I think, I look in the mirror and I think, fuck, how am I doing this? I think it's called imposter syndrome. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When you're like, how am I running a business? How? Like, I was, I'm really dyslexic. I'm not, I can't do that. I'm just, I'm just sit there and talk. Mm. But it's, um, but you are. But I'm doing it. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> so hard, right? Yes. You're telling me a funny story about someone who was in recently. Like, what do you love about the job? 
Oh God, I love so much. Well, I do so many different, so many different jobs there because I obviously do my shows at the weekend. But then I also cover breakfast. So you're covering breakfast now and doing the weekend still? I'm doing not? Sunday. So I'm okay. doing six days out of seven. <laughs> but fine. I also <laughs> cover drive when when Kelly goes, Kelly Brooke goes away. Yeah. And I'd, I'd get to work with JK, who's hysterical. But Jamie Theakston, I mean, not being funny, but I grew up watching him on telly. I think I had a poster. I haven't told him this. Oh, God. I think I had a, I had a poster of him on my wall as a teenage girl. Because he was a bit of a... He was really hot. I tell him that. He goes, really? Used to be hot? <laughs> like, yeah, you used to be hot. No, it's we have a great time. I got that gig last summer. At the beginning of the summer, I got called into demo with Jamie. Very, very, very last minute. And the chemistry was there. Amanda has um, seven weeks off in the summer. Bless her. So she... Because she... Her, schedule's brutal so i step in and do it and it's the best fun mm, amazing i'll do it forever please yeah it's going out you're great at it. it's awesome thank so. you i love it yeah so there's loads i love about my job but and, and when we get funny hollywood um a-listers in the studio that don't want to wear headphones naming no names <laughs> Just look back on your feed you might see them. <laughs> i'll say no more <laughs> so we do the same three questions at the end of every okay. episode the first one is What's one thing you've either come across or discovered that you're particularly excited about? Botox? Yeah. Not had Shaking. that one before. I haven't had any yet. <laughs> <laughs> I really want some though. I know loads of people who have Botox. Oh really? Yeah. Have you ever had it? I've not, no. No. No, but... It's because we were having a discussion about it yesterday and I was like, maybe this is the year I'm turning 40. You don't need Botox. But I think, but but maybe I'd, maybe it's time for a little tweaky-tweaky. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. This podcast... This, this podcast. podcast that I've just discovered, yours. Oh, mine? Yeah, okay. that I'm really excited about. I love about. that. No yeah. one's ever said that. Oh, Good. there you go. That's the, that's the uh, highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, also, Yes Lube. Okay, what's that? Um, It's a lubricant. Okay. But it's oil-based and water-based. You can get two different types. You can get it on Amazon. It's eleven ninety nine. And It's you've got just, no nasties in it. You just discovered it yourself or... Just discovered it myself, yeah. Oh, nice. There you go. Good one. You'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next one is one habit you'd encourage all listeners to incorporate into their day that's either going to support their performance or just lift them up each day. Exercise. Exercise, whether it's a walk in the park or a 10K run or a hit class or a yoga session, get out and exercise. It will it will push you and drive you to do better in your job, in your life. It will set it will set the tone of the day. Your mental health will be better. It, I, can't, I cannot promote exercise enough. Mm. I love it. What's your go-to? Um, I like a hit session. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to Barry's after this podcast. Oh, nice. I, I've done Barry's. When I was like, I've got a really important 12 o'clock. That's my Barry's class. I can't miss it. Because otherwise <laughs> no, get it. it will like get yeah. in my head the whole day that I've yeah. done it. No, I'm the same. Do you have a smoothie afterwards? Always. Yeah. <laughs> the 15 pound smoothies. Yeah, that's why I go basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one of these is if you take yourself back to a particularly challenging time, it could be yeah. one that we've spoken about or, or a different one. Mm. Imagine there's two versions of yourself. What's the difference between the Zoe that's gone on to achieve all the amazing things that you've done and sat opposite me today versus the one who wouldn't have managed to overcome those things and wow. wouldn't have made it? That's an amazing question. I have done so much work on myself, two years of therapy, understanding, you know, all my kinks, how humans operate, and I am able to cope with things on a day-to-day -day basis so much better than I was before. I've overcome an eating disorder. There are so many big things in my life that I've managed to overcome, but I wouldn't have been able to do those things had I not done the work, really looked inside and really, really, really gone there with all the pain, all the happiness and everything else in between. You, you've got to be okay with all of it. So, yeah, mm. I'd say get yourself a really great therapist. Yeah. 
amazing basically not being afraid to do the work and look at the different exactly things. there you go yeah there's no polarity nope like you know that we always have like the yin and the yang the good and the bad Got and everything to. yeah it's not gonna be perfect but it's mm. gonna be a ride yeah Amazing, Lois. Thanks so much. I wish we had more time now. You just said that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Next time, get me back. I'll I'd come love back. To. I'd love Thanks to. Thanks so much yeah. for having me. It's no. been a treat. Thanks, I appreciate it. Go and do your barriers now. Thanks. <laughs> you have reached your destination. Hey, it's Mark Whittle. Thanks so much for watching or listening. It's so great to have you a part of the Take Flight movement. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms, video and audio, to be the first to see new episodes and new conversations with the greatest minds in the world. Follow me at Mark Whittle underscore TF on all social platforms and visit takeflightworld.com to join our growing community of hustlers, performers and go-getters. I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, stay positive, stay motivated and of course, take flight.